G'day guys, it's always awkward how I hold this mic because it doesn't want to come off, it's not worth it. But anyway, welcome back to another Ferdicam episode. In today's episode we had myself, Ali and Ashraf, just a lads chat episode. We miss our boy Seuss, right now he's currently a wayfarer um, in, yeah, definitely won't repeat what was just said. Anyway, uh, in today's episode, just a lads chat laid back conversation where we spoke about all things relating to personal brands. Um, especially that on the social media um, world in regards to Prime, Feastables, Mr. Beast. Also spoke about the upcoming fight with Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, um, team Elon over here, you know what I mean? Uh, we also spoke about the importance of um, gym, how to create that into like some sort of functional lifestyle. And what else did we speak about? Oh yeah, we got into conspiracy theories. Um, it might be a couple of garbage stuff, but we want to know what your thoughts are on that. I uh, get the conversations going. If you found something interesting, join in the conversations, comment down below. Um, but without me saying any more further, I hope you guys enjoy the episode. Peace. So going back to the weight thing, it's like how much of the weight or how much of the work that you're putting inside the gym, how much of that is functional outside of the gym, you know, like overall lifestyle, you know? Yeah, that's true. More than just the, like the aesthetic benefit. Yeah, the aesthetic. Yeah. And the aesthetic part is nice. You know of course, I mean? of course. That's a, a, that's a big reason to why a lot of people... Go to the gym and stick with it. Yeah, fact. because that's what you're looking for as well. Like, don't get me wrong. You have like your sports. You want to benefit from the sports, but then it's also nice to see yourself, your physique. You're, you're more proud. You're more, um, yeah, you're more proud in your skin kind yeah, of thing. 100%. But for me, honestly, like my result. Firstly, before the test, I was a bit worried. I was even telling this guy because he's like, oh, you know, Willie and I are gonna do the test. Do you, do you want to do it? I think you should do it. This Actually, and that. before that, it was supposed to be Ali and I. Yeah. And then Ali oh, yeah. pulled out because he was. Like, I was just ner- like I was just nervous. I was like, oh, I'm gonna be disappointed. Like this is not yeah. gonna be a nice thing. You I'm just gonna be down on myself. As well. Yeah, bro. <laughs> honestly. But then I was like, you know what? I'll just do it because like, why not? It's like you know, Coach Amal's going out of her way to give us this opportunity. Why not just take it? Not many people get the opportunity. And to be fair, like. The results I got, it wasn't too disappointing to what yeah. I expected, alhamdulillah. Um, obviously, there's an element where it's like, okay, it's in your face, like you said. Let's work with what you have right here. Mm-hmm. These are the results. You know, you're not lying to yourself now. But I think it's I think it's great where you know that now it's like, this is my starting point. You have a better idea. Because, you know, a lot of us can just assume at the gym, okay, I might be this percent body fat. I might have this much muscle because, you know, you look at yourself, but... You know, sometimes that can, that can be a bit of like bias opinion as well. Yeah. You know, thinking you have more ki- more weight than more muscle than you actually have, yeah. or like less body fat than you actually have. So then when it's actual results, it's like it's not lying at all. Numbers, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's great, I think honestly. as well, it's um, the scale. We keep looking at the scale. Like for example, you're 75 kilos, and you're like, damn, you know, I, I want to get lower. But then it, you, when you look at this, you're like, hey, you know, I want to get drop my body fat, but then I want to increase my muscle. Or I might need to drop this. And then you start understanding what the scale actually is. Because yesterday I went to the GP and I organized the blood test. So I said, okay, I'm going to get it done. And then she checked my height, checked my weight. And she goes, your BMI is above average. Mm-hmm. She goes, you're four kilos overweight. Mm, okay. She goes, for your height, optimal is this. Mm-hmm. And I'm just thinking, because I did the in-body scan a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. I'm like, to be H, my weight, like I'm pretty low percent body fat. I'm in the teens. You know, my muscle is pretty high, like. Everything looked good. There's just a couple of things I can tweak. But the GP just went straight height, weight, and put me in a category. Yeah. But the yeah. in-body scan breaks it down. It's like, hey, your muscle is close to optimal. Your body fat isn't excessive. Then you're like, hey, you know, the generic things that you find on a website isn't actually the 
correct metrics. But when you look at this, you're like, hey, my floor is, you know, upper body stronger than my lower body. Yeah. Or right stronger than my left. And it's like that kind of thing. Yeah. It actually breaks it down because you can't just Google BMI and be like, yeah, I'm out of my category. I'm it's overweight true. for my weight height. Yeah. And that'll, like, make you more, that'll make you even more depressed as than you actually were. To yeah. 100%. You know? 100%. Even from like a body dysmorphia thing as well. That's like the other nice thing as well. Um, you know how like people suffer from body dysmorphia, you know, and that's like a natural type of thing. Um, even since like the last month, as I've been going like super consistent on a regular like weekly basis, you get this like natural body dysmorphia, you know? So like, for example, when you first start out, you're like, okay, bang, let me smash it out. Then four weeks in, you make massive gains, Yeah. And then in four weeks, you look at yourself in the mirror or something like that, the way you're doing work, and you realize, nah, I'm a little small, man. I'm still small. But then after you compare yourself to, like, when you're starting out, like, the first four weeks, and you're, like, way bigger than then, you know? And that gives you some sort of, like, like that push. I don't know if you guys get that same thing. Is it because, do you think, do you think, I'm asking you, it's because we get these massive results, or not massive, but visible results, and then three, four weeks in, we're expecting to get similar results? Yeah. And you expect your body to transition so quickly. And then it's like, where is my ideal body? It's been yeah. a month already. Yeah. I'll be going hard. Where is it? Like, that's what, that's what I go through for yeah. sure, bro. And it starts to think to yourself, you start to think to yourself, like, am I even doing enough? What else? What am I doing wrong? Mm. This and that. Mine is more, how do I say? It's like, more like I'm not content regardless, you know? Yeah. Where it's like, you go and it's like, like the, the ideal goal you set out, in four weeks' time, your mindset would have changed. And then after, you would have been exposed to, like, different types of things. And when, once you're in that, like, that gym environment, then you see people that are bigger than you, or this and that, you know? And then after, you go, okay, cool, I want to get to, like, that sort of, like, next level. And thank God that mentality exists, you know? You can use, I guess, body uh, dysmorphia to, like, your advantage, because that can motivate you. Because I know one thing is once I see a nice little cut, or once I see a nice little, like, uh, like a bicep vein or something along those yeah. lines, I get complacent. I'm not even gonna lie to you. You know, really? yeah, I get super because you've gotten what you want. Oh, okay. yeah, because I go, I go fun. If I go aesthetically, if I look at myself in the gym, in the mirror, sorry, then I look decent. So then after, I'm gonna be confident walking outside the gym. You know what I mean? And then after, people will be complimenting me. Like not that people compliment me, but you might get a compliment or two, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, this guy's a regular gym." And me in the back, I'm laughing because I'm hitting like one session a week type of thing. Yeah. But then I guess then later on it becomes like. That you versus you that Ashraf was initially saying, mm. you know, instead of comparing what the objectives of those outside of the gym are saying, it's like, where, where do you want to be type of thing, you know? Yeah. It's like even like the bench press is like another perfect example. It's an easy thing to track. You know, you start out, boom. And then like, I remember when I initially started out for two years. So the number one reason I'd say like I'd be lacking off in the gym for like the last two years is that shoulder like thing that I was struggling with, you know? Because obviously that's such an important part of your upper body. It relies your biceps your arms are going to rely on it your back is going to rely on it your arm your chest is going to rely on it so it's like very functional you know so every time i'd hit it i'd go consistently then i'd get impinged again you know what i mean i'll get a bit of tightness or stiffness and then i'd have to i'd fall back two steps you know so now th then obviously i had to humble myself during that process where i'd be like okay cool now let's just focus on that mobility those periods bro i'd come in you remember that 19 year old kid or was he 16 the other day 16 yeah. yeah, that was hitting, or he tried hitting 80 kilos on the gym, <laughs> on the bench press. Yeah. I remember I'd see kids like that, like in the gym on a chest day or something like that. And I've got like half a plate on or something along those lines. You know, it's like mentally, you know, you could go further. Yeah. But you're not going further because of the fact that you got like a thingy. Okay. And that's where you got to put your ego to the side and just be like, yeah. relax, like it's time building. So now, that, so during that period, once I started to get over that shoulder impingement or that shoulder thing, I was like, now there's no excuse. 
Like, what excuse can I make going forward from here? Mm. You know, you just go full throttle, bang. But you know what's interesting about that 16-year-old kid? Yeah. I remember, like, because, like, obviously, 16 years old, 80 kilos is insane. Hey, impressive. Yeah, like, very, very Like, seriously. But then I could tell when... Let's I'm give him 70. Let's give him 70. 70? Yeah. Just to be safe? Yeah, yeah. Very, very. He, he blamed have, it on his spotter. You know that, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't have the best spotter, bro. <laughs> but then I could tell he was a bit hard on himself. Yeah. I could see, like, a few things. And I thought to myself, like, this guy... He's doing. He's probably lifting a lot more than most sixteen-year-olds, but he's still hard on himself. Yeah. So it just shows, like, no matter what level you're at, you're still going to be hard on yourself in some sort of way. You're still going to keep looking for ways to improve. And yeah, were you hitting 70, 70 kilos on a bench at sixty? I doubt it, bro. Even if I was, like, I'm probably struggling. That's probably PR or something. Yeah. Mm. Like sixteen is when you literally just start the gym. Yeah. He's got that like that young bucks mentality, you know. Yeah. Where they're in the gym. Ego lifting, like I'll try next session. I yeah, try I'll next try next session, session again. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Ajid, when we started complimenting him, yeah, hundred percent. It's like all oh, these older boys. Yeah, it's like yeah. I, I would have loved that if I was sixteen. Hundred you know percent. I mean? One of the older boys in the gym telling me, and it's like a like, group of boys. It's like what the hell? Like keep it up type of thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we were just trying to get a little you know, camera flicking. Is that? Yeah, but that's good, but, man. Yeah, man. That's just how the gym is, bro. It's that consistency, and also you know, like Atomic Habits. James Clear speaks about like habit stacking as well. Yeah. That's the other thing that's been like going exceptionally well for me, like t- combining the gym with something else in my day, you know. So like now that I'm going earlier on in the day, yeah, like I might go swing past like the masjid and hit Isha real quick, and the masjid and the gym is like two minutes away from each other. So now that I've done those two things, I come back home early, and it's like only nine thirty, and I'm already ready to wind down. Mm. Compared to like one a.m. Oh, mind you, I got to tell you a story about this. Yeah, a one a.m. session is absurd. It's amazing. I reckon it's one of the best sessions, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. There's gotta be something wrong with I'm you. I'm sorry, bit. bro. Yeah. Wait, pre-work- pre-workout. Yeah, pre-workout. Yeah, yeah, hunty. Without the coffee. At one a.m. Well, before the session, so I'll probably start my session at like eleven thirty or something. But I'll be there till like maybe one. Absurd. Sorry. Yeah. Absurd. Well, I think that I, unacceptable. I do think it's absurd. <laughs> you know how I know? Because obviously the perks of the gym that we go to, yeah, is that past I reckon like eleven o'clock, there's only like one or two people. Past twelve. There's probably just you. Like, there's days where I have the whole gym to myself. You know what I mean? Amazing. I feel like it's a home gym type of thing. Bro, there's this one guy that always comes at 1 a.m. Think about this, yeah? I'm, I already think I'm a bit how you going because I'm leaving the gym at 1 a.m. Yeah? But think about how I feel about a guy coming in at 1 a.m. So do you look at him and think, like, far respect? I, I think... He might wrong? finish, like, the midnight shift and then he just goes, I'll hit a session and sleep. Maybe that's what he does. Yeah. That's, or That's a smart thing to do. I've like. come to the conclusion he's either going for a heartbreak or something big like that. Because look at this. And every single session, or every second session for some reason, it's a leg session. <laughs> just imagine coming to the gym at 1am and just hitting a leg every And it's, it's probably like his second session of the day. Yeah. Yeah. Straight out. Oh, I can't sleep. Let's go to the gym. 100%. I can't even say hello to him, bro. I'm trying to leave him in his own zone. His own din, yeah? Yeah, let him do his own thing type of thing, you know? But, um, Girl, the story, you said there's a story at the 1am workout. Like, yeah. basically, like, you're going every, every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Um, during that period of time, I was hitting it. But the thing is, I realized it had like a massive effect on like my next day. That was the problem with oh, like okay. why I stopped hitting at one am Because I'll be honest, I can't hit morning sessions. Not because I can't get up. It's because I just like I feel like I'm prone to injury at that time. Yeah, because I suffer from bad neck pain. I don't know. With the You're not warmed up and stuff? Yeah, I'm not warmed up. So then like if I hit a chest or something like early in the morning... I can't go 100% because like my body's like cold, Loki, you know? Mm. Do I want to transition into that? Yeah, 100%. But like it's too early to hit in the morning. So I always hit like straight after work type of thing, you know? Look, you could warm up properly, but the only thing is the 
time that it takes. Yeah, working out before work, you're always thinking, oh, damn, I've got to go to work. Like, I only got an hour 15. And then you're working out, you're like, I only got half an hour left. Yeah. So some people like at night because they're like, if I take an extra 20 minutes, it's not going to kill me. Yeah. But in the morning, if you take an extra 20 minutes, you're late for work. Yeah. yeah. So it's, a, it's a sometimes an ugly feeling because you want to enjoy being in the moment, mm. lifting or whatever you're doing, you're going for a run, not thinking about the clock. For sure. Obviously, you can get up early and stuff, but there's so many different factors that happen. Mm. But you so can't deny the fact that, you know, when you're on a time limit, you hit better sessions compared to when you feel like you got the whole night to yourself. Yeah. Well, if you have it all like set out in terms of what you you know what you're doing, then yeah. I agree. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Compared to like now, like you might take five minute rest breaks or something along on your deciding, phone. Should I hit even this workout? And then you change and completely go off what you came into the gym doing. You know, mm. where it's like a cool this amount of gym, and that's also that's kind of nice why you go during peak time as well. Because peak time, if you like caught get caught lacking on that, what do you call it? I don't know, leg press or something along those lines. Someone else is going to be wanting to use it afterwards. Mm. You know, so you can't be like. Like it. So it's, you got True. that intensity. And usually thing. when someone asks you, oh, like how many you got left, how many sets, and then you tell them, and then they wait, you know they're waiting in the background, yeah. you're kind of more conscious of the time yeah, compared yeah, to yeah. If by yourself. I took big boy Ahmed to industrial. Yeah? yeah. He's in love with the gym. Serious? Do you guys, you guys don't even use Snapchat, but he, he does his Snapchat thing where he just, I don't know, Ahmed is in a lane of his own. You know what I mean? Like he's just, Allah barik, he's just in a lane of his own. Anyway, like his ability just to talk to random people like, bro, he would be on Eid day wearing his Eid khamis or something along those lines. And he would go into the same Eid fitting that he's got into the gym and just hit a workout with sandals. You know what I mean? Not caring. Like, he's a different definition of not caring what people think, you know? Anyway, so I took him to industrial one day because I wanted to show him. Because he wanted to show me Deramat. But I'm like, I don't really want to see Deramat. Like, I have yeah. no fascination for it. So I was, I was like, let me come show you my gym. So he comes, whatever, cool. And he goes, I'm not even going to hit a session like that. I just want to do like my 15 minute like calisthenics and then... Just bang out type of thing because he's got like different type of style of training, yeah. What I see him is the bloke just walks off and I go, he's gone. He pulls out the phone, he's on Snapchat, he's just interviewing people, yeah. Interviewing people in the gym, yeah, hundred percent. Asking what? Just random questions. Was like, what's their type of training? This is that. And then I, then in the middle of my session, because I was hitting chest that day, yeah. In the middle of my session, I just take a break. I hop on Snapchat, I look, and I see Snapchat updates. So now I'm watching his Snapchat. Mind you, he's like ten meters away. Yeah, I guess who interviews. Yeah, you know the big bloke. What's his name? Um, who's the who's the, the owner of the gym? He's not the owner. The trainer, Ben. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah ben. He interviewed Ben. You know what I mean? And then I'm Ben's just like, a big boy, man. Yeah, he's a yeah. big boy, and he's a fighter too. Yeah. You know, um, we should probably get him on an episode one day, maybe. I follow him on Insta. Yeah. Does like strongman comps. He oh does. wow! Yeah. I didn't know that. He does everything. Mm. Anyway, um, he's interviewing Ben or something along those spots, and I'm thinking, Ahmed, ah, man, they're in the middle of a, like a BJJ session right now, like. Because yeah, they do BJJ there. Well, in the middle of a session, he comes in yeah, to interview someone. Yeah, and I think what happened, <laughs> what I think happened is Ben's thinking, what's this guy in like, because Ahmed wears a turban, yeah? He's thinking, what's this guy in a turban, like low-key, like a Nigerian, Indonesian fit, you know, don't walk around the gym just taking like... And he's not a regular face. He's not a regular face, like what's this yeah. guy going to? Obviously, he asked some questions and Ahmed just swilled him in, got him asking his questions. And honestly, like it was good for the gym because he was like low-key like... Promoting a type of thing. Yeah. Ahmed was so sold on the gym. Yeah. What you would, you won't be surprised if now there's like ten other Somalis or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's true. Word gets around, bro. Like, yeah, the, the word gets around to the gym type of thing. You know. <laughs> so, yeah, Ahmed's interesting, man. Well, and he's gonna be in the good books with that with the uh, with Ben. Yeah. Because he's promoting his gym and that. Should we swing the episode? Yeah, let's chat about. You wanted to chat about Twitter, yeah? It's been a guy and a bit. Yeah, what's happening with Twitter? Because I'm a bit confused, bro. You're making some comments with the boys like, have you read your 
if you went over your 600 limit or something what's that you've seen ahmed yeah yeah, I love Ahmed. So I'm not, I'm, I'm not on Twitter. hop on the episode with me here. Um, what was I going to say? Um, nah, because Elon Musk, yeah, first of all, he's running a muck. He's a goat, yeah. Before we talk about Twitter for a second, have you seen him with, um, uh, what's his name, Zuckerberg? The fight? Yeah. yeah. Is it official? Not, uh, it's, it's cl- there's a lot of agreement that has to be made before it, but there's a lot of talk about it. I mm. saw Zuckerberg on Lex <laughs> Friedman talking about fighting yeah. and how much he enjoys it. It's something that you could see happen. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, you know like who Dana was, White spoke about it. You know, do you know who was training with yesterday? Who? Zuckerberg. Yeah, no, Elon. I think it was. Who was it? Was I it Zuckerberg? Elon was going to train with, train with Tate. Was it Elon training with um thing at GSP? Yeah, Tate's yeah. him up. Yeah. If Tate trains with Elon Musk, that'll be like a deadly combo, bro. That'll be just hilarious. Bro, and like all these <laughs> memes that are coming out on like Twitter and all this kind of stuff. So like Twitter, ever since Elon Musk got it, if you're a parody account, yeah, like if you're like in, um, impersonating someone else, you have to make it known that like you're a parody account because you can buy the verification badge on like yeah. Twitter, you know. Anyway, so all these parody accounts would come, and then after they just start coming for Zuckerberg on like the Twitter platform and all this kind of stuff. I saw some one legendary one the other day, bro. Like I was absolutely dying, you know. I think I sent it in the group chat. Did I send it to that group chat? I don't think so. What was I it? I did, I did. I sent it to the Instagram group chat. I have With to bring Andrew it Tate and uh, Elon yeah, Musk. Yeah, Andrew Tate, yeah, because Andrew Tate is team. So obviously Andrew Tate, you know how he got banned off of like all of Meta, essentially, yeah? He got banned off Meta, YouTube, um, every other app. Yeah. And I think the only one which he was initially banned by was Twitter. But obviously Elon Musk in regards to like... Um, freedom of speech and all of that kind of stuff and um what's the word that i'm looking for a censorship yeah he's against what he called a censorship he brought andrew tate back he brought jordan peterson and all those guys donald trump whatnot anyway so now he's been loving like elon elon musk is his like go-to guy type of thing so obviously when they announce their fight <laughs> he puts out a tweet he goes let me train you this this that you know we'll, we'll beat these guys i was just dying that would be man. sick to see honestly yeah i need to see content that, uh, like even zuckerberg J, uh, gsp it's like there's, there's so much that can happen, man. You can imagine the amount of people reaching out to both of them now. Oh, I'll help you deal with this. Like and anyone that. in the world. Everyone Literally, they them, can yeah. choose. Yeah. And but plus, <laughs> once you have money, you can do anything in the world yeah. if you really want to. You know? Yeah. Like, this guy bought Twitter for fun. You know what I mean? And now, like, like the other day, like, I think they, they blocked Twitter for, like, they didn't block it, but there was troubles with Twitter server for, like, 12 hours so people couldn't access it properly. And after that, they announced, like, a new thing. And it was, like, overnight. No one expected this, yeah? where there's only a certain amount of tweets that you can read in a day. So on... But like why? The whole... No, nah, not even that. There's the not being able to be on your phone. But then there's also, like, obviously with the rise of, like, AI, ChatGPT and OpenAI and all these kind of, mm. like, AI platforms, um, they don't want to... Something along the lines, they don't want it to be stealing the Twitter forums and all that kind of stuff. And the other thing is the spread of information, misinformation. Misinformation. So he doesn't want to spread misinformation. So obviously now that you can't consume, I don't know how that works type of thing. But the thing that I don't get most is how they can make such a big decision like that and implement it like overnight, you know? I think Elon Musk is that kind of guy. He doesn't yeah, delay it things. Seems like yeah. Elon Musk, just knowing his personality, he's like, if I want to get like firing people, yeah. it takes six months to decide who to fire. For sure. And Andrew Schultz was speaking about this on his podcast as well on Flagrant. Um, though I think it was the one with PBD as well. And he was speaking about how, like, uh, Elon Musk is, like, the best CEO you could have, like, for your company. Because you know how you got, like, your CEOs who don't know nothing about what's going on in their company, you know what I mean? Whereas Elon Musk is there inside the house, yeah, literally building that house with you, 
while he literally owns the house type of thing. So any sort of feedback that he gets, obviously he's going to be try try to implement or something like that. Mm. And he's probably one of the biggest trolls in the world. Mm. You know what I mean? You got your guys like Gideon, Loaf, and all mm. of these like people on YouTube. He is the biggest like troll that's possible type yeah. of thing. You know. But I think the good thing about that is also you know how like with screen time and stuff, like there's some guys obviously we know um, who are on Twitter and they read it like it's like an absolute newspaper. Mm. Yeah. So obviously once you hit like 600 tweets a day or 10,000 if you're verified and stuff, it will block you from like accessing Twitter essentially. Like it'll lock you out type yeah. of thing, like jail time type Isn't of thing. Isn't 600 a lot anyway? Like no, have you reached that limit yet? I haven't, I haven't had time to in my day. I find 600 a lot. I think they, they took it away. What, already within a day? It was a trial run? Yeah. I think it's tough that there's different levels. Like you get 600, someone else gets... 10,000 it's, it's so actually smart if you think about it because ever since elon musk what do you call it bought the account or whatever obviously now it's censorship and he like everyone can say whatever they want the number one thing that's um uh, fueling twitter as a platform as a business or whatever is like it's advertisement space you know what i mean and if certain businesses don't want to be on a platform where like they say certain things about i don't know black people or gays or like muslims or something along those lines obviously they want to be associated so they're going to pull it out so obviously Twitter's going to be losing money from that. Mm. So what ends up happening is if you can read 10,000 tweets per day, what ends up happening is Twitter becomes a paid service rather than Facebook and Instagram mm. where you can just make an account and go on it. I believe Elon Musk's personality is he doesn't believe in rules. Like he, he sets the rules and he'll just say suck it up. Mm. So he, you could see maybe it's trial run, Allah alam what's going to happen in the future. But he'll just say this is how, it's going to, this is how Twitter's going to be run. Yeah. And, you know, bad luck. Because it doesn't matter how many people hate or make comments about it. He's he likes to make the final call. Yeah, he does. So I could see him doing that, you mm -hmm. know. And he, like you said, but he's a troll. Like he'll literally do things for like a month, and then just be like, "Yeah, I'll take it back." That was, you know, that was for banter. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if there's more trial runs that he makes up on the spot. And it's like, yeah, twenty four hours or something. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's still there. It's not. It's not even off it. I saw Elon Musk talk about um, the idea of people working from home. What's his yeah, thoughts on that? Like he was just so against it. Because he goes, oh. the, the idea that you want to achieve all your dreams, like when people say, like, I have all these dreams, but I want a four-day work week. Mm -hmm. And then I want to work, you know, work from home as well. So, like, he's saying you go, you want to, you have all these high goals and high aspirations, but you're not willing to put in the work. Mm -hmm. So what do you do? You look for the easy way out. So sure. he, he's someone that goes 70, 80 hours a week over a long period of time will achieve all your goals, whatever it is, PayPal, SpaceX, Tesla, whatever your goal is, you can achieve it. So he goes, I hear people saying they have all these goals, but they don't want to work five days. They want to work four days. They want to work from home. They want, they're looking for all these ways to make life easier. But to achieve your goals, it's the, the easy path isn't going to get you there. Mm. So that's more about what you it need is. To how, much, how many things has this guy achieved? Mm. Yeah. And he just keeps achieving more things. Like, and now he's got Twitter. Like, it's just a, a big name after big name. Why he's willing to put in the work. Yeah. And everyone else uh, that he sees... Um, complaining or wanting the same things aren't willing to put in the work. So right. you're just saying, as a young person, put in the hard work, and that's what you're. Um, that's the you know way to achieve your goals. Do you reckon it's also like because it's become so normal now working from home, we're always looking for the next thing that could be more convenient. Where it's like, for example, if no one was working at home, people would say, "Oh, if I could work from home, I'd work even harder. I'd do even more." Or now people are saying. If I work only four days, I'll work even harder I'll t so I'll be able to achieve my goals, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Do you think that's like an excuse people 
are kind of using where like from they're always looking for the thing to make it a bit more convenient, a bit more easier. Yeah, I think from life. a personal standpoint, like for personal like endeavors and whatnot, yes, you know they're trying to make it easier for themselves because no one at the end of the day, well, certain people, but no one at the end of the day wants to work for someone else's business. They want to go off and create their own thing. Yeah. So like a benefit then, but from a business point of standpoint, yeah, it's not a good thing. You know what I mean? If your employees are like <coughs> half distracted or they have another mind because it's not going to further grow the business. And I think also like even from a business model and all that kind of stuff, you want your employees to be motivated to come to work every day or be mm. like invested in the work that they actually do type of thing where they don't take like lazy cuts and whatnot. Mm. You're a business lad. You can probably... Yeah, I think it's just two mindsets what people have. He's um, Elon Musk, Patrick B. David... Joe Rogan or whatever, a lot of these guys are pushing the idea. It's like work hard, work long, and be patient, and that's what you achieve. Yeah. And some other people, like Tim Ferriss, like work smart, work um, tr- the least amount of hours for the right amount of money. Like for example, you say you need to make a thousand dollars a week. The least amount of hours you can do to achieve that is what you should be doing. Find yeah. a job that makes you work twenty five hours a week to make a thousand instead of fifty hours. You know. Yeah. So it's different mindsets on how to achieve your goals, but you can't have the highest aspirations. And think I'm gonna just, you know, not work hard to achieve it. Mm. So that's where they're like, they're like, oh, I want to earn Twitter, but I want to work twenty hours a week and do it. Oh. It's like, unfortunately, unless you're, you know, the balls in that category of those Tim Ferriss guys as well, because also PBD, he also said, um, he said something. I remember I was listening to on the drive home and I was just thinking like, what the hell? Where he goes, um, he goes, if you're in your youth and you have all this like free time and whatnot. In your early years of your life, you should never be at home. You know what I mean? In the sense that you should be out there seeking some sort of opportunity because there's nothing that actually comes from being at home. I guess maybe from the social media aspect and all that kind of stuff. But being at home the whole time limits you from your outer world, like access and people beyond your, I guess, yeah. like you're in your, outside your environment. I think what the difference is, the people like Naval, Tim Ferriss, who are trying to say work smart, try to do as much as you can, they're trying to find the balance in life. And they're trying to also be happy along the journey. A lot of the other guys, um, did you listen to Mr. Beast with Colin and Samir? I have it on the okay. Save Lane. But Watch Mr. Later. Beast is one of those people where he just goes. He's work hard guy. Yeah, he's work hard. He goes, I'm not trying to have a balanced life. Yeah. I'm trying to work hard to achieve my goals. Yeah. And a lot of other people like Kobe, like whoever it is, it's like I'm 100% in one direction, which isn't a problem. But that's what they're willing to do to achieve their goals. Mm-hmm. But along the journey, they might lose friends, might lose family, might not be happy. I go through a lot of mm. issues and stuff. Where the other person's like, I'm willing to work smart, achieve eight of my goals instead of ten, and be happy along the journey. Yeah, you know, it's, just sure. the, it's the. Um, he, he did mention. Sorry, I I did listen to probably like the first ten minutes, then I got distracted. It's good. Yeah, Mr. Beast is an unreal man. I lo- oh, no, no, I love Mr. Beast's mentality. And he's so. I started watching he's, so many of his videos he's yesterday. So real, honestly, huh? just straight I, up. Yeah, because you know I was thinking. I was thinking one time. I remember during COVID where Mr. Beast was brought up. You know what I mean? And I remember me and Seuss brought up or something like that. And then after one of you said, "Who's Mr. Beast?" You I know, it could have been me. I yeah, didn't know and I was like so him. interested. I'm like, and now look at him. Because I was watching a video the other day and there's like these kids bumped into this one other famous YouTuber. I don't know if you guys know Loaf. No. You know Loaf? I haven't known everyone, man. He's got so much time with it. <laughs> anyway, oh this guy God. was Loaf and he was at like an ice skating rink. Uh, what's, it called? what's it called? Rink. Uh, rink, yeah. And when he was there, he bumped into this kid and the mum knew that Loaf was famous, yeah. And then after, did you watch that video? Yeah, funny video, yeah. He bumped into... <laughs> <laughs> He's seen everything. <laughs> We're going to get him on the episode at this point. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, 
the the mum bumped into like loaf and then I said she disappeared and then she goes can you take care of my kid or something which is very random yeah <laughs> for a mum to ask a famous YouTuber to take care of his kid you know anyway the kid and loaf's interaction was like so wholesome at the end the mum goes to the kid ayo like you know um he's like he's like a famous YouTuber you know and then after he goes oh yeah and then after he goes yeah I think I might have seen you before and he goes oh who do you watch and it's like Mr Beast. You know what I mean? Like Mr. Beast is such a like beast Loki mm. where he's dominated like that whole like kids like market or whatnot. Yes, yeah, yeah. And obviously once you tap into the kids market, then they grow up and then- but I find it entertaining. Yeah. Like even uh, people who are like my age or whoever, like even- Brain dead content though. It's, it's, yeah, it's more entertainment. Yeah. yeah. If you can entertainment as brain dead content, like sure. it's, it's more like just leisure thing. Like you're just watching it to not benefit, but you're just watching it just to, as a leisure thing. Yeah. That's what all of his videos are. That's what a lot of TV shows are, comedy TV shows. It's more like you just go to enjoy it. It's yeah. also like outside the box, like type of entertainment that you don't expect. Yeah, yeah. and and he's in a, like a category of his own because who else is gonna rent out like a fifty million dollar yacht and get Tom Brady? It was a on? billion. Was there a billion one? Yeah, I think so. No, no, no. But Tom Brady oh. wasn't on the billion one. I was a half a half a billion. It was a five hundred million dollar. Five hundred million one. The Tom Brady was on. It's like, like, come on. How do you get Tom Brady, bro? Because his content, if yeah. that concept is low key, very simple. You know. If you think about yeah, it, but you have yeah. the money for it. that's the thing. So yeah. who's got the money? So he's yeah. he's dominated that sort of like it's things. What people like dream for, but never get the chance to even do. And this guy just does it. The also, next day. he puts the he if he has the money, he uses it for his videos. There's probably mm. a lot of other people that have the money, but they're not gonna do it. For it's sure. like he spoke about on the podcast um, the idea of sponsorships on his videos. Okay. So he he's 150 million subs on his english speaking account all of them maybe 300 million yeah. so if he's going to make a video his a lot of his videos are 150 million plus views so who is going to spend the amount it's worth to get 150 million people to watch it mm. he goes that's i think it's like two or one and a half times the super bowl mm. people are watching that one video so he goes a lot of companies i go up to them I'm like okay this is the cost and they're like that's six months of uh advertising yeah that's our uh, advertising for half the year yeah. we can't spend it on one video so he goes what I'm supposed to do. Yeah. So a lot of times right. that happens and it's like, damn, that's how big he is. Yeah. And no one's on that level. There's a lot of people that I'm like- Wait, so he gets denied. He can't get sponsorship sometimes because they can't locally afford- Him. That's why rates. he goes, I started Feastables. He started this chocolate brand yeah. because no one could afford the sponsorship brand. Mm. Well, not no one, but it's very difficult. And it's like, yeah. damn, you know? And that's the new era of what do you call it? YouTubers and whatnot. Because YouTubers were just what? Content creators that were just on the internet type of thing. Yeah. yeah. Casey Neistat speaks about this when he was on, uh, whether it was like Andrew, I think it was the Andrew Schultz podcast or something like that, where he goes, oh, I just wish I got onto that whole, like that that brand concept where something that's that lives beyond you. Mm. You know, like you got KSI and Logan, they got Prime, and you got he's got Feastables. Bro, first of all, Prime, Ahmed probably saw it now as well. Barcelona? Barcelona. Like, come on, bro. Yeah. How do you reach out to arguably the biggest club in the whole world? In a whole complete different market. Mm. Another country. Like, they got Arsenal. Huh. Yeah, they got yeah, like I felt like I felt <laughs> yeah. like getting a London club was well. Look, it was random. No one expected even like the connection with a football club, but getting some a club in London was like kind of inevitable. Like the yeah. opportunities, but to get a club that's a different language, if, yeah. one of the best in the world. If like, you can get Barca, who can't? Who else? Exactly. Who yeah. can't you get? Yeah. You can literally go to any team and be like, Barca signed with us. They're like, okay, we should. Well, yeah. What's stupid if we don't? Hang on a sec. You guys are not subscribed. I think you guys, before you start the video, make sure you subscribe, turn off the notification bell, and enjoy the rest of the video. Yeah, the UFC, yeah. 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 Like, I wouldn't be surprised in the future if they buy, like, a sporting club.
Yeah, yeah. And they'll be owners. Yeah. But, but they'll be back, co-owners. But going back to the Barcelona thing, I'll tell you why the Barcelona thing is crazy, yeah? Because mm. there's so much overlap between the American and the UK like market. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the people that you might know in America, you probably know in the UK and all that kind of stuff. Like we know it coming from Australia, who's down there in regards to the market and all that. But then when you go into Spanish, the Spanish community who don't even speak English, that's a whole new level, bro. Yeah, you know what I mean? Exactly. It's like it's low key what Mr. Beast is doing when he goes and like translates his stuff into Portuguese or Spanish or mm. like the Indian community. Right? Yeah. When he done when he uh, mentioned like the whole Indian community, like they're the number one consumers of YouTube. Yeah. You know, like the the English community don't even like compete with them when it comes to 100%. um consuming YouTube content. Same thing with the Spanish people and all that. It's like now it's like it's like now they're in the Spanish world. Yeah. Like they, they just tapped into the Spanish world, which is massive, mm-hmm. arguably just as big as the English world. It's like who and knows how what you the future is. Like that's just been the brand for so long. Yeah. And then it's like even just getting into the market. It's like there's certain markets that people say you can't get into. Yeah. Like for example, um, Tesla. When Tesla started, you're starting a car company in the early 2000s when General Motors and this company have been around for 100 years. Like, you know, Ford, it's like, okay, you can't compete with these guys. Tesla comes in, runs a market and takes over. Yeah. And then Mr. Beast. Have they taken over? Well, yeah, like if you look at market share, like even getting that percentage, like electric cars, they made electric cars what they are now. And obviously companies are now slowly making their own electric cars. That's true. He started the trend. Everyone knows Tesla. Yeah. Like the market share, for example, even if it's in the... 10 15 percent that's a lot yeah for exactly. companies that have been there f- eight, from 1870 yeah and you're coming 130 years later to get 13 percent market share crazy yeah and then like, feastables the same thing with chocolates yeah like he said walmart sell four billion dollars worth of chocolate each year yeah like, to get into that market like it's like okay 20 percent snickers 20 percent mars 20 percent hershey's and then it's like how you even compete with that i once saw i saw like a pie chart of um, I think you guys might know what I'm referencing, like a pie chart of all the major companies that own the smaller companies that we like we know about. Okay. You know, so it's like when you mention like Hershey's, Snickers, Mars Bars, they're all and Cadbury or something like that. They're all owned by I don't know Coca Cola. Yeah. And the Coca Cola is all owned by, and so technically a lot of the stuff that we consume nowadays is actually only owned by like four companies or something along yeah. those lines. That's you insane. Know? So that, that's that. what makes it even harder because then you've got an individual that comes. He's not an individual. Obviously, he's working with investors and whatnot. But like an individual that comes and taps into a market share that consists of 10 different um, named companies or named brands that's technically owned by like one major company. They're all subsidiaries to them at the end of the day. Yeah. That's what makes it yeah. like even more impressive. I think we're moving in a direction where it's like, it's the person behind the brand. Yeah, <laughs> I was you literally going to say that. Yeah, yeah. just only so because true. in sports, um, one thing we're seeing now is a lot of coaches are ex-players mm. because it's the, it's the brand that comes with it. Like, for example, you see a team, you know, Team X, and then the you say the manager's name and it'll be like, there's a story behind it. Mm-hmm. It's like this ex-player is now coaching this team. So it's like a hype. People are like, yeah, I want to see, you know, the Liverpool legend or the Arsenal legend coach well. Yeah. Like, so a lot of times people are now, you know, they, they study their whole life to be a manager. They're the perfect person for the job. But the storyline of an ex-player is going to get you over the boat. Yeah. 100%. Like that guy has been coaching for three years, but because he understands the locker room yeah. and he understands the culture. He un- he's been in the Premier League or whatever league for 10, 15 years. Like that's what's going to get you there. And same thing in basketball. You know, like how many GMs now yeah. and owners or scouting people are just ex-players. Prime example, JJ Redick. JJ Redick, what was it? There was just, I think, this season alone, at the end, like at the conclusion of the season, there was, I think, four head coach spots, like notable ones, 
which became vacant, obviously, because they all just got fired, you know what I mean? Because that became a thing in the NBA. And I'm trying to think which one was it. Was it the Suns or was it... Um, no, it wasn't Boston. Uh, definitely the Suns was in the mix. But they were... Oh, it was the 76ers. Mm. Okay, this when the 76ers spot became vacant, obviously, after the 76 season. They're trying to look, they're shortlisting people and whatnot. And then JJ Redick ended up in, like, the shortlist, you know? Alan Iverson ended up, but he had, like, a negative, like, plus 500 odds to win or something like that. But JJ Redick was on the top three. And I think he interviewed for Chicago and he interviewed for the 76ers. Bro, the league, he was just in the league two years ago. Mm. But the reason why is because he's built his brand as, like, an analyst, you know, as a former player, a great player, a great collegiate player and all this kind of stuff where he can now sell it on his, like, resume. And before you'd have to do like the hard out. And you think about all the guys and especially like the OG type of coaches, you know what I mean? That worked their way up from school, basketball, high school and off to college. And then you just see a guy that just came out of the league and bang, you know? That's one of the problems they had with Nash, mm. you know? It's like, is he, can he, is he capable of being a head coach of like mm. three like superstars, you know? And it's like, clearly that actually doesn't work as well because Nash wasn't yeah, on but their Even if it doesn't work, another club will be willing to give him a chance. Exactly. So that's yeah. the only thing. It's like, it, there's so many soccer coaches it didn't work out. Mm -hmm. It never worked out. They never looked strong, but they'll move to another team and get a chance. And so yeah. it's very hard now. It's a very, we're moving in a brand centric um, in, um, trajectory. Mm. Like a lot, of, a lot of clubs are looking like that. In the sports world, yeah, probably, yeah. yeah. But now, see, the YouTubers or the social media stars started it in regards to, like, the brand. So going back to what Casey Neistat said in regards to, like, Prime and all that, um, he goes, I think he had, like, a couple of opportunities with... He's, he's also, he's addicted to Prime. Yeah, like he Casey is. Casey Neistat. Really? Prime's he actually energy drink, the Prime energy drink. Yeah, I don't know about addicted. the oh, hydration okay. drink. Because okay. yeah. I drank Prime. That makes sense. wasn't a fan. Yeah. I tried all four. One of them was all right. Which was one was it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe the... It was the I had it with Brissa. Maybe Lime. But honestly, like... I'd rather have Gatorade over all of them. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I yeah. don't know about the But energy. forget, forget, forget Gatorade. I'll tell you what's the, the the greatest sports, not sports drink, sports hydration drink, yeah? It's the Powerade, Kiwi and... Strawberry. Oh. No, nah, not Kiwi and oh. Strawberry. Kiwi and Strawberry is good, but it's the Kiwi and not coconut. Is it the green one? The, gr is the is aqua This colour. Yeah, this colour. Yeah, I what is it? I guava? Just guava? Is it, guava? is it guava? Guava. It's Kiwi and guava. That is the greatest... Yeah. Let's see. It Wait, no. Yeah, guava or pineapple? No, it's guava. It's I think guava. Pineapple. Yeah. yeah, pineapple. Oh, no, 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 no. It's guava. No, no, it's pineapple. It's pineapple. I had it. Remember. No, the, the, we're talking about two different ones. It's the same color as your jacket. Yeah, yeah. I remember you gave it to me. The first taste was a bit strange, but then after I was like, yeah, I can keep. Bro, there was a period. Kiwi and pineapple. Yeah, it that is one pineapple. Go. That one, look. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. You don't want to have it. I can't find it anymore in the store. No, no, no. It's they, they, Why they, do they, you they, need they, it? Jeez. Injured, you gotta, you gotta recover. <laughs> <laughs> Drink water. That's true. Um, nah, I was gonna say to you, it got to a point I was so addicted to it. Not addicted, yeah, mm -hmm. but I wouldn't mind having it on a consistent yeah. basis, you know. Mm -hmm. Addiction's a big yeah. word. You know, the 7 Eleven on the way home from the gym when you're going down Gilbert? Yeah, literally would stop there, bang, grab it, thing, go. That was a routine. Yeah, it would become <laughs> a routine. Gym, thing, wow. hydration, bang, do. Yeah. But anyway, so um, yeah, that's what I was saying. Probably the greatest. I would say one of the primes is actually not that bad, though. Which one? The um, the reddish um, bottle. The full red? The, the, yeah, Isn't it like super sweet? No, that's the tropical one. I right? don't know. Not the tropical one, is it? I think yeah. so. It's the red one. The full yeah, red, it's yeah. like the red one. Not orange, not red, yeah. not purple, 
And definitely not the pop one, the one that's got the that's American. That's the only one I've had. That's the only one I've had. That is probably the, the bro, I worst. Have to, I, I, I have it in my fridge. I had to dilute that, bro. That was horrible, man. Yeah. <laughs> that bad? Yeah, yeah. I had to pour water into it, bro. Honestly. And then it was not bad. And you know what they say? Don't they say there's zero... Added sugar, yeah? Yeah, it's stevia or something like sweet. Yeah, and yeah it doesn't make sense. You chuck, in, you chuck in like a cup of stevia, then it's like, yeah, no sugar yeah. behind it. But what was I going to say, going back to, um, what do you call it, the Mr. Beast thing, when the, like the first 10 minutes that I listened to that episode, I thought I found this to be absolutely superb. You know, he speaks about how back when he was like 13 or 12, he used to do this time capsule thing. If, I don't know if I've got it wrong, yeah? When he was like 13 or 12, he used to do this time capsule thing where he would say, and he would release it every eight or so years. I remember I was listening to the episode, I was just trying to figure out what he's talking about. But either way, like- You've never watched them? Say again? You've never watched the videos? No, I've never watched okay, the time okay. capsule videos. So what he did- Did he was, release them? So what he did was, when he was a teenager, he created a video, he goes, hello me in like one month, six months, one year, five mm. years, 10 years. And he put it already on YouTube studio to be uploaded on that day. Oh well. Wow. So on the so for example, when he goes hello in ten years, mm-hmm. he goes, Oh, you know, I hope to have a hundred thousand subscribers at this time. Mm-hmm. And then at five years he goes, I hope to have fifty thousand subscribers. Yeah. He goes, wouldn't and he's talking, he goes, Wouldn't it be cool to have like a nice car or to have this? And he's explaining what he wants when he's fifteen and all the numbers are just completely off with the company or the brand, because obviously he didn't know he was gonna get that big. He killed but, it. He did way he had, better. He goes, I have so many of those, like maybe 25 years, 30 years, who knows? Yeah. But we, have, we don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. So he, ha- he, has, he hasn't told anyone. So they're the 10 ones years. he hasn't released. 10 years, this comes out in a couple years, I think. Okay. But he's released it like the- It's on YouTube studio waiting to get released. Yeah. Upload. It's already there, like the projected date. I found that. I, I was like, bro, I've got to do something like this as yeah, well. Yeah. Honestly, that's a great idea. Like and even just a personal thing. Mm. Honestly. But, ha- but then if it's not projected, it just goes back into your library, photo library. And then you forget about it. So if it'll be nice, like if there's a projected email, you get an email in five years. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if you have the same email, but <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like that would be cool. Then it's like, what's this email? Or oh, me five years ago made a video. Mm. It has to come back to you on that date. Yeah. Do you guys believe in the law of attraction? Mm. I believe in like the law of uh, hard work. Yeah. And make dua and inshallah happen. Yeah, yeah. But law of attraction, not, not, not literally. Not, like, not literally the way that these... Um, these guys like say, yeah. Have yeah. you read the book, The Secret? No, I have not read the okay. book, The Secret. That's what it is, the law of attraction. Yeah. Um, there's just the idea of believing it, manifesting it, and it will happen. Um, that's the first step, probably a big part of it. If you can't believe it, it probably won't happen. But uh, Obviously, there's the qadr aspect of things. And, but yeah. even like, you don't just believe it and things happen, you know? Like yeah. The idea like good things come to those people that wait. Yeah, that's true. You know, there's some people like, no, good things come to those people that wait. Or good things that uh, happen to those people that put in the work. A patient, and then it'll happen. Mm. But then, but I'd say no. Ideally, just okay. as it, only because what the principle normally p- people preach with it, believe it, and it'll happen. In regards to believe it, it'll happen. Like it's not enough. Believe and, and it'll come. Oh, to are you trying to say because the law of attraction looking negates qadr type of thing? More so that it, it, and also it's a shirk in a form as well. I'm trying to think as well. Oh well. Well, if you yeah, think about term, it, in well, terms of that, yeah. Well, yeah. you think if like let's just say if things come through and it's because of your hard work or whatever. And you don't acknowledge the fact that it all comes from like Ilahi's essence, you know what I mean? Because Ilahi granted it to you. And I guess that's uh, in a form in a sense. But what I was talking about, the, the aspect of the law of attraction, which I believe in, and that's how I take it, is that having that, that, that um, I guess, that thing or whatever you want to achieve on your mind consistently. So then, and it goes back to that conversation. You remember when Suze was here, with our first ever episode in the studio, it's like seizing the opportunity, where it's like, okay, cool. Once that opportunity then presents itself, because you've already dreamt about it type of thing or you've 
you 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 believed it, then it w- you'll seize the opportunity essentially. Mm. You know. Yeah, I I can I can give see me, give where, I see where you're coming from. Give me your other perspective to it. More just from what I see, a lot of people preaching mm. the law of attraction. It's just the it literally just defines itself as you know believing something and it will happen. Mm. You know what I mean? So nothing about Qadr, nothing about God's plan. More just about your ability to put the work in to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. So I believe you should have you should, you should dream, have a goal, bang you know, on, yeah. Aspire towards something, but put as much effort as you can. Put one hundred twenty percent to achieve it. Mm. And then obviously through Allah's through God's uh, will, through His blessings, He will mm. let you achieve it if it's the best for you. Yeah, exactly. But I find yeah. it also absolutely cool when I see, um, like these guys like Casey, not Casey Neistat, um, what's his name, Mr. Beast, where when he's thirteen he does these predictions and he releases it later on, or like when championships uh, champions are born through championships or like on the like the grand stage. And then you can see the work that they've done back then. Like another cool thing that I saw the other day is like, I don't know if you guys saw after Denver won the championship, that photo that went viral of Jokic. He was wearing a Denver t-shirt back in Serbia. You see that photo? No. no so it was like, I wouldn't say 25 years ago. Probably the bloke wasn't been alive for 25 years ago. But let's just say 15 years ago or something when he was a kid, like literally a kid, let's just say in the mountains of Serbia, this bloke is wearing a Denver. That is so random. Like Denver, was it a jersey yeah. or was it a t-shirt? I'm pretty sure it was just like a... But what are the chances for the, of Denver, yeah? Mm. What are the chances of Denver, a small market team that no one cares about? Yeah, it's got so what, good. high altitude. And then on top of that as well, like their biggest name star that you can probably think of in like the recent times was probably like a Kamala Anthony type yeah. of thing, you know? And then on top of that, now that it goes circles and then he becomes the guy, full circle moment, that goes and um, wins the championship and brings the championship to the city for the first time. That's insane. Those type of videos I love, bro. 100%. Yeah, and those photos type of thing. Because there's even like videos I see. So when teams finally win like championships, they go back to the videos of like their first interview, for example, like signing to a club. Mm-hmm. And then three years down the line, they finally got that championship or that title. And then they show what their aspirations to why they came to the club. And then it show, then obviously in between all that is the hard work. But then it's just that level of appreciation and also it's inspiring to see that this is what they set out for even though it's a massive goal mm-hmm. but it takes a long time and a lot of patience with the hard work and then you actually get there it's just like phenomenal yeah you put it into it you got to dream big that's one thing you know we're, we're talking about like documentaries and stuff with netflix it's 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 a common attribute to all these like big stars you know mm. whether it's like your like the two big documentaries that have come out recently the Conor McGregor one, um, and the Arnold one. That's called just titled like Arnold. I'm pretty sure he has a previous documentary on Netflix, but the Arnold Salah put me onto that one. Okay, you know, and it was just like sending it on Snapchat. And then after, um, like I was dissing it at first, and then he goes, Nah. He actually speaks about all as other aspects of life other than just like the gym. Because you think of Arnold, you think of Mr. Olympia. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and then. He would speak about back when he was like in Austria in his young days and he would be dreaming, like literally dreaming about going to like America. Okay. And then his first goal initially was obviously to become like Mr. Olympia. Mm. And then post after that. Hey, by the way, before I continue this point, Amber, can you make sure the audio levels are good? There's no there's no echo? Okay, cool. I realized that in the last couple of episodes. Um, and then uh, he, he speaks about after he completed that goal, then he's on to the next thing. Mm. You know, so he he killed Mr. Universe, yeah, and obviously straight after that, then he wanted to become an actor, 
He was getting small roles and all this kind of stuff. Then he wanted to break to the big stages where he wanted to go into like Hollywood. Instead of being an actor, he wanted to be the lead guy, you know? And you know the thing I found so cool? A random bloke in Austria that who wasn't even loved by like his own father type of thing, mm. who set out, put himself in like an like uncomfortable situation, goes to America and then there's this like one quote, you know the quote where it goes, I'll be back, <laughs> yeah. yeah? Do you know that's the number one most quoted um, line in like motion TV or whatever they call it? Really? Like in history, like in TV oh. history. And he speaks about it in the document. Should actually speak about it as like, oh, how did that end up becoming like the number one line type of thing? He goes, okay, so there's the writer and then there's Arnold. Yeah. So Arnold, one of the things that made him like attractive or whatnot in the eyes of the movie world was because he had that like that killer mentality. He was like a robot. And that's what he would say when he was doing his bodybuilding thing. Where he goes, oh, I would just want to be a robot, a robot the whole time, yeah? That's what he would just say. Yeah. So then when they had Terminator, the casting for the Terminator, they were trying to find someone between, like someone that's like a killer and a robot. And in the documentary, they speak about how there was two options. You know who the two options were? What? There was OJ Simpson, yeah? <laughs> and then after there was Arnold. One of them was actually Loki, the killer. Yeah, <laughs> it was <true>. OJ Simpson. <laughs> that's but cool. Arnold was more like fit for the role, like as yeah. the Terminator. So anyway, so they're shooting that, like that one scene where he goes into like the police station and whatnot. And... They were trying to figure out the, the best way to say the line. So Arnold goes up to the writer and he goes to him, hey, I instead of saying, I'll be back, I think it's best if we say, I will be back. Because it sounds more robot-like, you know? No, no, so he goes, because I think that just sounds a bit better, you know? And then after the, the writer goes to him, no, let's say, I'll be back, because it sounds more like robot-like, you know? And then after he goes, I just disagreed with him, man. Like, I just couldn't see it, you know? Anyway, he just stuck with the line, I'll be back. Later on, most viral line in like motion, like mm. history. I was thinking, I was like, that's like, yeah, wow, like absolutely wild, you know. Yeah, let me do my job and you do yeah. your job, type yeah. of thing. No way. <laughs> have you watched? A, have you watched the docker? I saw the uh, the tweets, uh, the film tweets. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But it's crazy to think, like you're saying, like his level of dreaming coming from Austria. Wanting to not only become Mr. Olympia, that in itself is hard to dream for people to do that. Mm -hmm. Then to actually like want to be in Hollywood. So these two like random like dreams that don't even correlate yeah. in any way, but this that's just what he wants to do. He's like, I'm going to make it possible. I don't know how, it just is. Yeah. But you know, he had a political career after as well. Really? Yeah. So he, yeah, he, did, he was yeah. actually one of the, so if because in America, you have to be born in America to become the president. And he wasn't born in America; he was born in Austria. Um, but he was one of the because he was the governor of a state, and he California. was yeah. So he was really they were pushing for the idea that he should be the first president to be not born in America. But obviously, it's an idea that they didn't go. Uh, it's not agreed upon. It's not something you can do. But he, if he was born in America, he probably would have become the president too. Wow. Like that's how much the, um, you know the entire country was behind him. Yeah, he was a big guy type. Yeah, of thing, yeah. they loved yeah. him as well. Yeah. You know, so nah, Arnold like, Arnold's on a like from a, the worldly aspect type of things he's on a whole different level he's a machine man yeah. put his mind yeah. to it and he said but and that's why it becomes like inspiring from that aspect you know it's like if we put our mind to what we want to do how far could you go with it yeah you know i think it it, it it seems to be less common to start dreaming big i don't know like how you guys feel about that but i certainly feel that like you know having conversations with people at work having conversations with people at my soccer club or wherever it doesn't seem that common to dream big. And if you do dream big, they'll kind of think, yeah, you're just thinking like, that sounds like rubbish. I don't know what you're, what you're trying to do. Like, and they kind of just belittle, belittle the, 
you know, the big dreams and that. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, hundred percent. I just feel like not everyone's on the same wavelength. Mm. You know, those people you got to stay away from. It just shows the importance of like keep keeping that team or keeping that core of like actually having these beliefs and kind of um, what's the word like supporting those beliefs and those dreams. And some people are like, some people take it to a whole new level, like just with like like insanity. You know the Joe Rogan quote when he goes like whatever ins- insanity and what's called geniusness are like next door neighbors and they borrow each other's sugar. Yeah. It's like that same thing. It's like you got you guys like Kanye type of thing when he rocks into, you seen the doco when he rocks into the Rockefeller Studios and he just starts spitting bars, bang, one for one. And the girl's looking at him, like the receptionist, he did because he obviously didn't go into Jay-Z's studio, looking at him and he goes, man, this guy, guys, you know what I mean? Like just respect yourself, this type of thing, you know? A couple of years down the line, five years type of thing, this is like Kanye household name type of thing, you know? Mm. It's like, there's, I feel like there's levels to it in the sense that you got people that dream big, Yeah. Then you got people that dream big and are like driven and insane by it. It drives them like insane type of thing, you know? It was Andrew Tate was talking about how like um he goes he goes, uh, books are you might have to bleep this out, he goes, books are f- Yeah. Mm. And then I was just like, what the heck? I thought like he goes then someone asked like why type of thing. He goes, Books are for pussies because me, yeah, I put in actual action. There's nothing books are actually gonna teach you with the action. He's got a point. You know, I mean, you can read all the books in the world. You can look up to all these Kanye's, these Genghis Khan's, and bloody Mr. Beast and all that. But if there's no action type of thing behind it, mm. then it's just mm. big ideas. I yeah. think in the regards of dreaming um, big, I think there's a um, it's a muscle that you can get trained. Mm. Especially us at our age, a lot of our childhood and our family scenario has raised us to what we are. And then now we're getting the last couple of years the external influence where our friends have a big impact, what we consume has a big impact. And I feel like a lot of people didn't grow up Like when you're For example under the age of 8 You, you can tell kids what do you want to be when you're older I want to be an astronaut Oh my god that's amazing be an astronaut I want to be the best doctor in the world Yeah, mm. From 8 to 16 If you're a 15 year old the kid says you want to be an astronaut Most parents would be like No be realistic You know oh, I want to be the best doctor But you're getting C's at school Be realistic I want to be a soccer player Be realistic So you get Pushed, for example, under the age of eight, the idea that dream and do whatever you want. And then for the next 10 years, you get taught, be realistic. No, your ATAR is going to be from this. You can only do this. You can't study that at uni. And then when you get to uni, it's the same thing. It's like, hey, you know, like, honestly, you're good at soccer, but you're not that good. Be realistic. Oh, you can't make it in basketball from here. So you get trained to not dream big. And then now it's our job to help the people around us, help ourselves to rewire that to dream big. Break the mold Yeah because honestly It's a muscle You can't really Some people Don't want to dream big They're happy They're content in what they are And if they're content That's on them Like that's actually A a blessing For the other people It's You know It's our job To try to help them Mm. You know And then naturally Like subconsciously They they think that's the norm And the way you think And then when they do Hear other people about You know Thinking outside the box And they They find it a bit weird But then only Once you start to Hear people Say these things Outside your box Then it's like Okay that's actually possible. Oh, wait, I can actually do this. You know, maybe towards it, like this is the plan towards to get the, to that spot. Mm. And I think with dreaming big, not ev- not everyone is built to change the world. Like changing the world, like the amount of effort and work and sacrifice mm. you have to do. It's one of those people listing before Mr. Beast, Elon Musk, these people that are, you know, on that level. But rather it's more important if people can write down what would make them the best version of themselves. So dream big in that sense. Just on an individual level 
and then do their best to achieve it. For example, they want to you know learn a language, they want to become happy, they want to travel, they want to you know raise kids, whatever it is. That's more where people should dream big because the idea that um, you ask someone's like, "What's your dreams?" and they're like, "I just want to have kids and be happy at home." Unfortunately, or not unfortunately, our dean, our um, pious predecessors, the companions, the prophets, you know, whoever it is, the Sahaba, that's not how they acted. The best of people used to dream big, have high aspirations. So we should have the same, even if it's a basic thing, it's like, okay, I want my kids to know Arabic. I want my kids, you know, to go to become a Hafi. It's like, at least you have some goals to look forward to. Mm. That's why you want to do it. Not, I just want to be happy. Yeah. That, like, even have big dreams on an individual level isn't. Um, is, is okay like That's yeah. really what it should be Not everyone has to have the idea of dreaming big and opening a school Or you know Becoming the president mm, That's yeah. true There's just an individual level that we can try to achieve yeah. It needs to, be, needs to be attainable at the same time too To a mm. degree as well Yeah But don't people don't put people down If they don't dream big They think like Oh you know Because I've done that before It's just like come on man You know you're young You can yeah. you can do so much more But it's just the mindset You know like A lot of these guys you know, they become switched on Like these super successful guys They become switched on at 35, 40 And now they're changing the world mm. You know, like if you look at people Like whoever that have made a difference A lot of them at 25 They weren't doing what we're doing And at, we're, we're here at 25 having a podcast It doesn't mean we're going to You know, stick on this trajectory Yeah that's So you want to just understand people On a different journey Try to help them, guide them You know, let them guide us That's true yeah? Because we might be going like slow, a couple percent better each year, mm. but then them at 30 go 30% better each year. Yeah, and they achieve definitely. their goals. So It's not how you start the race, it's how you finish it type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Just starting and doing well doesn't really mean anything. Mm. You see that in these all these big YouTubers as well. You know, Once the big money starts coming in, then they don't really make the same content like they used to. You know, mm. Rice Gum, pri prime example. Peak 2016, I remember. Year 11, year 12, I didn't even but it was at school, Ahmed. They were running the YouTube game, mm. you know. Where is he now? Where yeah. is he? You know what I mean. And that's where you give. You got to give respects to your guys like Logan Paul and Jake Paul and like KSI. You know, there's like there's like levels to this game type of thing. True. Hey, speaking of, um, we're gonna yeah. end it off now. We need to hit that session, inshallah. No, so, no I want to touch on one last thing. Let's go. Um, speaking of what's his name, homeboy, Mr. Beast. Did you see that he was meant to be on that submarine that exploded? Impl imploded, sorry. I saw, I saw that he was invited and he said no. And he said no. Yeah. Crazy. Whoa. Because yeah. imagine if Homeboy is dead, I don't want to see those four other friends of him having his YouTube account. I don't, no, I don't think, I don't think it would be possible. No, they to, to con Mr. Beast says if up. I pass away, all four of my friends put their hand on my coffin. Whoever uh, takes the hand of lust gets the whole, gets gets all the my whole channels. YouTube channels. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. <laughs> that would be number one in YouTube straight away. <laughs> but imagine after that video, yeah. the, the, yeah. the future of that channel. Yeah, the like in terms of the level of entertainment and who's the main face of that channel, it's like... Yeah, and yeah. Well, that's insane. That yeah. would be. A but I can't funny believe he got invited. Yeah, like, I and he said no. I can't believe he got invited. By the way, can, can I ask quick? Because we haven't spoken about this on the podcast, and it was like the situation happened almost what a week and a half ago or something. Do you guys have any opinions, reservations on that whole um, submarine thing? Look, it was a, it was a <laughs> bit of a. Honey, uh, <laughs> go for it. Go for it. They're just thinking about like other yeah. people's opinions. Um, well, one thing I saw, you know, with the controller, that everyone, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, with the controller, I thought that is the biggest mistake in the world. Then I started watching multiple people, like, uh, unfortunately, that's how my feed started becoming the controller. Multiple people that are in the army 
that say that's a normal thing. Like people are laughing and they're like, there's a high level Navy individuals, high level. They're like most submarines, tanks, things, just all, we use controllers all the time. Simple, yeah. Like it's, it's not actually a system that's cheap or, you know, it normally yeah. fails. Obviously going 3,000 kilometers underwater is a bit different. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. don't know how frequently they've done that. It's not like but, a pilot switchboard. But the, con the controller is actually a normal thing. Yeah. Obviously us, we're just like, that sounds so stupid because... Sure. You know, we come from inexperience. Yeah. But for people of knowledge, they're like the controller is actually a normal thing. Yeah. Wait, but can you explain the controller? Because like, not, ev yeah. not everyone's going to understand uh, it. As if in you it, haven't seen the controller yeah. by now, then yeah. well, no, you're honestly, under a rock. Hey, honestly, I haven't. The, uh, the, sub, the oh. submarine. Well, I haven't. The oh. submarine was controlled by like a twenty dollar wireless PS4 controller <laughs> that you could, literally yeah. you could get at the gas station. Like you, really you know, like to. a wireless controller. Like, like actually, you are you actually pulling my leg? Not serious. It was controlled by it. Like just no, how, how's that possible? <laughs> that's just, is that why you guys are laughing? Yeah, like yeah. Up, up, down, right, left. <laughs> the controller. Oh, no, I'm I, the controller. What? I can't. I, I don't. Oh, sorry, can, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to put that on screen. <laughs> oh my god. There's a video of the guy explaining how he's controlling the submarine. He showed us the controller. What's their reasoning behind using that instead of something else? Because that's the best thing. Like I told you, like the, everyone in the army does it. He, look. He, oh, a so lot of the normal. things he did was um, to us, like, sounds so stupid, but he probably got expert advice on some of it. On the, some the, of it. Is this the main oh. guy that runs the The main guy. Yeah, yeah. He's yeah. a controller. <laughs> no, I'm being serious. Nah, as in, like, because he said a lot of the equipment that was important, he got the best in the world. Mm -hmm. And then a lot of the equipment that wasn't that important, he pretty much got from Kmart and Bunnings. For like a, you know, a no like he got like he that's he got the controller, twenty dollar controller. Yeah, he didn't go top shelf for a lot of things. Yeah, for and that's sure. why people laughed. He goes, oh, I'll, I'll duct tape this. Probably yeah, a yeah. This. The probably means, a wog, the memes that came out of that was just like, yeah, like yeah, the, some ethnic bloke. But then you can't also like you can't blame him as well because they've done what like twenty five expeditions before that down to. Like the Titanic. Like it works. Yeah, with that controller. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like literally mm. with the actual controller. So it's worked so that I can see why the guy was like, okay, cool. It's like another mm. day type of thing. But the question is, do you think, yeah, and you can answer this if you want. Do you think they're alive or dead? dead. You reckon they're dead? Well, yeah, apparently exploded. <laughs> yeah, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know you oh. imploded. But there's but conspiracies? Yeah, there's, there's conspiracies. There's conspiracies. Like maybe there's like Has it come out? Is it on The Simpsons or no? Yeah, oh, it was like on it the was Simpsons. Oh, like yeah, they, fake their death. they fake their death. Oh. So one of the conspiracies... Okay, so the conspiracy is that they still went underwater mm -hmm. and then that imploded and they... Did they go down to the Titanic or they just never went? So they never... So they would have staged them. I have actually haven't even seen footage of them entering the submarine or whatever. Yeah. Okay. Not that I've seen everything. So yeah, yeah. there probably might be footage out there, but that was one of the things where, and mind you quickly before I go down this like conspiracy conversation, I think the submarine is probably in regards to the conspiracy theory hierarchies, probably on the complete bottom. You know what I mean? All these importance? Like uh, not even importance. I think it's obviously the dumbest one. You know what I mean? Like you can go and argue the pyramids and you can put them on a Graham. How about the, the royal family are lizards? I, I would believe that before I believe that. You know <laughs> okay, what I mean? That's a, that's a big conspiracy. The actual lizard. Yeah. <laughs> Google it. Hola. What? <laughs> okay, okay. You're going to have to explain next, that one a little next, bit. Next, finish that marine. Yeah, let me let this one. Yeah. <laughs> so then after, um, uh, one of the things is, so everyone on that, obviously submarine had to pay $250,000 just to go onto the submarine. And there was like, what, four people plus a kid, if I'm not wrong? 
Yes, that was done, yeah. <laughs> Not a good look. <laughs> anyway, so there was those four. So obviously they had money and all that. One guy was a billionaire. One of the guys was, he went to the moon, or not to the moon, he went to space with Jeff Bezos recently when they did that, um, it's called Space Expedition or whatever. Um, and essentially what they're saying is once you get so much money as a form of like tax evasion or whatnot, you fake your death, you just buy a lousy little island. I don't know how you can make an island lousy yeah and just live the rest of your days off there basically so you're marked as like a dead person you know but um and there was other like a couple of theories as well in regards to it imploding yeah that was like the main one that came out of it you know Mm. and plus like these guys are billionaires you know Mm. they clearly they if you think about it they're billionaires they would have got the best submarine to do or not like a submarine where it's just congested like everyone now but that is the best submarine for size and stuff that was the best on market but there should be other better ones. If no, there isn't. Not to go that deep. Yeah. So most submarines can't go that deep. Yeah. Very deep. It's like 3.8Ks or something underwater. But, but, but then also, like, how how bad do you want to see the Titanic from, like, this, like, that mirror light? Right maybe now? they grew up with the stories of it or something like that. I don't know. Maybe. Okay, go open Google Images. You're going to see the exact... How, how are the images going that deep? If these guys' submarine can't, yeah. who's taking a camera? No, because they've, they, they, they've successfully been down <laughs> to... Because that low? Okay. No, no. They've, bro, there's been submarine expeditions down to the submarine Yeah, I've before. seen videos yeah. and stuff. It's but then normal. it's like, damn. Like. And that's why it's explainable why these guys want to go there. You know, if I had $250,000, which was probably like a, a $2 coffee to me, you know, I'd definitely go down to the Titanic just for if I had that type Imagine of... Imagine you did all the research in the world and it said it was completely safe. Well, well, as like in this submarine, like you asked every single person you know, yeah. and they studied it and they said it's safe. Yeah, then you yeah. take the risk. Yeah. But then now we laugh and we're like controller, yeah. and this guy, it's the, it's the CEO of the company that just like he's, he's a funny guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like something Elon Musk would do. Yeah. And then they were showing like the inside of like the submarine. How like, bro, TikTok that day was probably one of the funniest days on like. Bro, there was this, there's this one guy from the UK. I know Ahmed's definitely seen him because he's, he's got all my references today. Yeah, but there's this one guy on TikTok, like this tall, pretty sure like he's Afghani or something along those lines. Um, British accent. And he always just rambles on. He's like a legendary waffler. I'll show you the video later on, all this kind of stuff. Anyway, he goes on t- TikTok. And then after he... Uh, uh, you know who I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah, and then he goes, bro, I'm like... I'm like, I'm done with all these surface level jokes about the submarine. You know what I mean? Like, like everyone's trying to tell me, make jokes about it and all that kind of stuff, but I'm not going to be like subdued into this like pressure. I'm not going to be falling for this pressure and all this kind of stuff. And he's just like hitting it with puns after puns. Mm. And then I was dying, bro. And then the ones about space. Yeah, it is what it is. Alhamdulillah. Nah, but no, sorry. Before, we're not ending the episode. How, how is Elizabeth? Maybe that's uh, not to quote. Uh, People to go do their own re- research. Oh, can you just touch on it just like a little bit? Just I think they mean. Um, so what I've heard about it is yeah. like um, shapeshifters and stuff. Yeah. And they're like. Um, so gins. Do you believe yeah. Loki? Like it might have some sort of like. Honestly speaking. I don't know about lizards, shapeshifters, gins. Yeah. We know can shapeshift. Like that idea can, is clearly understandable. Yeah. Um, so you're not denying it completely. Not lizards, <laughs> but I could say like a lot of them. I don't know what the research, the evidence behind it is. Um, but it's understandable. They say jinns walk among us. Why wouldn't it be in a house that's the most guarded and protected and no one knows what goes in and out? Yeah. It's a very easy thing to do. You don't see them most of the day. Yeah. Like It'd be worse if I thought the guy at Macca's is a jinn. Like, come on, mm. bro, do something better at the time. <laughs> yeah. you know? like, but to have all the power yeah. pretty much for hundreds of years, like, you know, it's it's logical. But maybe we'll do some research. We'll get some conspiracy guys on. You should do a conspiracy episode. With a guest? 
We'll get one of that the boys. We'll get one of the boys. Maybe that's yeah. like very gullible or something like that. <laughs> There's one guy from Perth that I wanted to get on. Yeah. He's, he's a um, free dive. He's a scuba diver. Sorry. Oh, and, and he went and he did research because in 1536, yeah. the Spanish were traveling to go explore land, and a ship with lots of money. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a what's it called? Went missing off the coast of uh, WA, mm-hmm. pretty far off. So this guy spent like five, six, seven years um, looking for it. Mm-hmm. And then he actually ended up finding the ship, yeah. found all of the gold coins and stuff like that, came back, t- spoke about it, and the WA took it off him and put it in the museum. Wow. And they got no money out of it. Wow. Yeah. And it's like, but his research to go find it, I'm pretty sure it was on Joe Rogan, mm-hmm. or he was spoke, speaking about Joe Rogan, and it's like, damn. Is like, this Graham Hancock? Nah, nah, nah relax, relax. Is oh, it okay. Graham Hancock uh, scuba diving? Yeah, scuba he's scuba diver. Serious? Yeah, he's, him and his Indian wife are scuba divers, or his mm-hmm. wife, Pakistani. Whatever. No, you watched him, did you watch him on Flagrant, or did you watch him on... I don't know, I think it was Rogan or Flagrant, yeah. whatever. I was like halfway through like the... I haven't listened to Flagrant, I've listened to Joe Rogan. Yeah, but he speaks about one thing, which is... Which makes a lot of sense as well. What's this? And it also relates back to what you got, you just said there a little bit. Where and he goes, a lot of civilizations, as we know, like require like the basis of a civilization is water. Essentially, you need to have some sort of access to water. Um, and he was talking about like a lot of the flack that he got from like his Netflix doc- documentary and whatnot um, about a lot of the things we don't know about previous civilizations. The reason why we don't know about them is because a lot of them are underwater. You know, because of floodings and all of that kind of stuff. You know, like old cities gone underwater and all that. And I was just thinking, bro, this guy, this geezer, bro, he gave me the biggest G up in the world. You know, because I haven't touched my scuba diver license. I've been scuba diving a long time. But just imagine just going bang, just going for a quick dive, and then you're looking at like some ancient, I don't know, Neptune-looking civilization. You know? Yeah. Mm. Would you guys get your scuba diver license? No? Nah. Definitely. Right now, no. Guys, yeah, that's the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> let's put Teddy's reference. <laughs> no nah. chance whatsoever? Nah, inshallah, In one the future. day. I, I'd yeah. like to. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to one day. Like, if I get Great Barrier Reef, it's logical. For sure. So you're going to make the most of it. Um, but I'm not that fast. Like, it's not It's not like oh, I'm cool. Like, you know, I'm yeah, not, I'm not you're Khaled Osman. You're not going to get a legendary. deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't flex it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd definitely flex it. But, <laughs> yeah. but you know what I would do with, I'm, I'm thinking of my scuba dive license, starting some sort of like, like a secret society. You and Salah? Will you guys yeah. meet underwater? <laughs> Power Rangers. Yeah, Allah, Allah, Okay, let's end the here, boys. Jazakallah khairan, everyone, for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Remember to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll see you next week.